Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business and the knowledge economy sponsored by Sage. Energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker. And on today's show, Ron, it's Free Rider Friday. Right on, and Ed. I, I plan on powering through that really quickly, but we've, so we've already lost 30 seconds because I, there's so much stuff in my stack, I can't believe it. I mean, we always say that, but this, this week is just forget about it. So let's just jump right in. Go for it. For about uh, 35, 40 minutes ago, we got a tweet from uh, our listener and friend of ours at uh, Alchemy Financial, and that is Keith. Thanks for the tweet. And he wants us to talk a little Bitcoin, Ron. All right, go for it. Bitcoin. So uh, Bitcoin has been sucking wind for a while. We're down to, as of uh, right now, $6,800 uh, as of this very moment. So it's low. Uh, yet I did read something earlier this week that's talking about $50,000 Bitcoin by the end of 2018. Not quite sure I'm on board with that just yet. But I, I do think that we're in a, in a, in a, a spot right now with regard to Bitcoin that's uh, – uh, we're just feeling everybody's starting to really feel each other out, right? I mean, I think that finally that the governments are are fully wise to this, and 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 now the, the entirety of of it is about okay, we got we got to figure out what's really going on with this. I know, for example, in filing my tax return this week, Ron, uh, you know, you have to you do have to declare, and I did sell some of it this year, I'm, and I'm saying this out loud because it is on my return. I'm not trying to hide it from the IRS. Uh, and I strongly encourage any of those that did buy or sell Bitcoin or sell Bitcoin this year that you definitely should d- declare it. But what they haven't figured out, Ron, at all is what to do with the forks. Like, yeah. I, and I've read a couple of articles on this. There's like nobody saying, because is it a dividend? Because right. <laughs> you know what? Currencies never split before, Ron. <laughs> I, I, I know. It's a great question. And all I can say Ed, is I'm glad I don't practice accounting anymore because I would not want to be confronted with some of these issues. <laughs> I mean, it's just bizarre. It, and it happened twice this year that we've had had a split to the, the, the fork. And, you know, suddenly all of a sudden you had two, two or three different currencies and they all had value. And where did it come from? You know, this is this is just a, yet another question to pose to those who think that there are things that have inherent value. Ex- explain a bit chain fork without using the subjective theory of value, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. There's, there's absolutely no way. No but way to I, do I, it. I did. Uh, so th- that's that's where I think we are with Bitcoin. But I did have something in my stack that is related, and that is this notion of the hyper ledger. I know I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, Ron, and I don't know if you had a chance to to look into it at all. But really, just a fascinating project that uh, is being run by the Linux community. But you want to talk about, you know, a who's who uh, in the premier r- uh, members of this, and we'll post the link up to the website, which is hyperlink.org. All right, so in uh, Accenture, Airbus, American Express, Cisco, Demler, uh, Fujitsu, Hitachi, IBM, Intel, JP Morgan, NEC, SAP. I mean, <laughs> this, this is just, and that's just the what are considered the premier members of this, right? Then there, there we go on to see people who are listed as then general members, which goes on and on and on. You got to scroll through it and associate and associate academia members. So this is a big thing, and what. What hyperlink ledger is is a, a trying to figure out the best implementations of blockchain that are not related to currencies, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. And, you know, and, and look, I, IBM's already doing this. There's, a, there's an interview with a, with a gentleman on, on this website about how in one of their, their asset uh, funds or whatever that they manage, they, they've been able to shrink the, the float from, from roughly $100 million a day down to $40 million a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of, because of this early settlement and things that are done via hyperle- uh, this hyperledger, so this this is a this is p- potentially really cool implementation of this technology that is is c- continues to be revolutionary. And you know, we you and I have said this I think since the beginning, since we we've been first doing Free Rider Fridays and talking about this, that we we really think that that the blockchain is is for reals, folks. Uh, and and it, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And is, there's a lot of lot of great problems that are going to be solved by this, including, by the way. And I read this, and I'll, maybe we'll perhaps we'll get to this later in the stack. Uh, it will also be able to help solve the problems with autonomous vehicles when they're involved in uh, fatalities. So right, right. Hey, Ed, what was the name of that group? The Hyperledger. That you know? uh, the hyperledger. It's, it's uh, the hyperledger.org. And it's run by the Linux Foundation. Yeah. Okay. Linux the Linux. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I had something in my stack from January that kind of dropped out, but I'll just uh, give you the gist of it. It's out of The Economist, The Crypto Sunsets in the East. And it <laughs> talked about <laughs> it talked about the threat of a ban in Bitcoin trading in South Korea. Now, mm-hmm. it's interesting because Japan is one end of the spectrum. They're totally embraced you know, Bitcoin and it's free market and it's wild, wild west in Japan. China, of course, has banished it. South Korea is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so, and, and I know this, but they pay a 40% premium in South Korea for, for Bitcoin because the government is just, you know, kind of taxing it, regulating it. South Korea makes up less than 2% of global GDP, but nearly a tenth of Bitcoin trading. So this this particular article was speculating that part of Bitcoin's crash was, you know, its drop in price was was due to that, the uncertainty in South Korea. They still haven't figured out what they're going to do with this. Um, China, of course, you know, has has completely banished it. But do you think the other reason for the soft price, Ed, is just because of the competition from other ICOs? I mean, there seems to be one every day. It could be. I mean, that, that certainly could be that there there are other places that people can go with this. And I know that there's a big b- between some of the forks, right? That I mentioned earlier, Bitcoin Cash uh, and Bitcoin Gold. That there's a lot of debate in the the, the inner sanctum of of w- you know which one should be used and why. And uh, is Bitcoin Lightning, which is another technology, uh, going to be able to to resolve transactions faster? I mean, I, I think if, if I have this right, it. There, Bitcoin or the blockchain and the, the Bitcoin blockchain can only resolve roughly 75 transactions a second, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just super low considering whatever the Visa network is has got to be in the hundreds oh, of massive. thousands, if not millions. It, yeah. yeah, it's massive. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so there, there, there clearly has to be some kind of kind of uh, uh, fix for that and you know I've seen everything from again this lightning network to okay well the only way to really do this is through Bitcoin cash uh, but and, you know who, who knows I, I, I still remain high on on Bitcoin itself I what I've noticed is that all of the currencies seem to track together 
there, and and I'm not not sure why that is, but if you know Bitcoin goes up, so does Bitcoin Cash, so does Bitcoin Point Gold, and and vice versa. When they fir- when they first split, there was a divergence, but now now they almost track line for line. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, listen, I got one from the Economist from March third, two thousand eighteen, called Firm Direction, and it's about McKinsey. And of course, you know, McKinsey's been compared to the U.S. Marines and the Freemasons and even the Jesuits, right? Um, <laughs> they consult with 90 out of the top 100 of the Forbes, you know, top companies. They're even helping uh, Britain lead the EU and the Saudis wean themselves off oil. So pretty prestigious firm. They've been around for quite a long time. They've appointed a new chairman, Kevin Sneeder. He's, a Scot- he's from Scotland and he replaces Dominic Barton as the managing partner they have, they have 2,000 partners, by the way, uh, worldwide. And uh, this article talked about half of what it does today is capabilities that did not exist five years ago. And, of course, that's an interesting metric. I, I would like to know the revenue from what they didn't do five years ago. I think that would be more yep. telling. But it, it's still kind of interesting. It shows you that they are trying to move into a digital age and help companies and they are recruiting more data scientists and, and software developers. So they're kind of moving out of just taking, you know, MBAs out of business school. Um, but one of the things this article pointed out, Ed, is, is it's getting harder for McKinsey to crack into tech firms like Facebook and Google and Amazon and even some unicorns because <laughs> McKinsey helps companies cut costs. And that's not what companies like Apple and Google do. They're not interested in cutting costs. They're interested in innovating. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. Can't cut cut yourself to prosperity. And on some levels, these companies like Amazon and Google compete with McKinsey in the talent war. Right? They're Mm -hmm. they're now kind of going after the same talent. So they're certainly not going to bring them in (laughs) to to let them go for their talent. But... The, the other thing I found interesting about this is uh, this new guy who's coming in, Barton, um, uh, or Dominic Barton, who the, the new guy's replacing, I'm sorry. Uh, he had overseen at McKinsey the shift towards results-based pricing model because okay. they're trying to move in line with their competitors at Boston Consulting Group and Bain and Accenture. That, nice. Uh, you know, last time I uh, last statistic I saw on this, Accenture has something like forty percent of its revenue under a value price model, and and in Accenture's case, that is actually like contingency pricing, like they're taking a percentage of savings or growth or something. I mean, it's not sure. just a fixed price; it's actually some type of contingency, like a you know plaintiff's lawyer. So just just thought that was thought that was interesting on those two levels. One, that they, they have a hard time getting into these tech companies because these companies aren't interested in cutting costs and that they've revamped their pricing model. Yep. No, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Ron, Ron, we're already up against the first break. Want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or myself by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Also, hashtag asktsoe on Twitter. And yes, we do monitor that during the show. And thank you for the question coming in from our fo- the folks uh, folks up in Boston there. Uh, also, it, please on go, go on to the website, uh, thesoulofenterprise.com, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. But right now, a word from our sponsor, Leading Results. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Rocking and rolling here on Freerider Friday. Hey, Ron, just before we get started and I do my next one, I just want a quick shout out to my colleague at Sage, Thomas Casey, who is doing yeoman's work and booking guests for us. I don't know if you folks have noticed, but we're we, we're up in the quality of our, our guests. Uh, Peter Block, of course, uh, Professor Hazlett last week. We've got a couple coming up that I think we're really going to enjoy, and Thomas has been a big part of that. So so here's to you, Thomas. A little cheers. A little cheers. A little tink Absolutely. of the glasses. Thank you, Thomas. Been awesome. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now, so let's talk. Uh, next thing I want to do. Uh, this is a, the kind of a is a, a two article combo, Ron. So it's okay. it's, it's it's two for one. Uh, one. This is from uh, CapEx.co, which is a capitalism site. Uh, Tim Warstall. I've seen his name around other places. Uh, it may even been be part of um, uh, National Review too, because I know you quote from him. But anyway, he uh, he has this great piece on uh, Amazon. And that is teaming up with Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase to to do some health reforming of the healthcare industry. Yes, which is kind of cool. Very excited yep. about this. Uh, you know, one of the, the the key things in this article is he's also talking about the four ways to spend money, which is hysterical. And there's a link there to, to Milton Friedman's. You know, and just you know quickly, there's the you know your money on yourself, you, your money on somebody else. It's a gift. Then there's uh, somebody else's money on you, the expense account, and of course somebody else's money on somebody else, and that would be government. And that's government. He mentions <laughs> government, and that that and that's part of the problem with healthcare. Absolutely, is that it's it's not there's it's not that there is uh, isn't a free market, is that there or that there or isn't there is a free market, is that there isn't enough of one. Um, this this led me led me to click around to an article from Healthcare IT News which posits five different places that they see 
that uh, Amazon could disrupt healthcare. So I just want to quick read them th- through them with you, and maybe we can chat about one or two of them quickly. Okay, number one, durable medical equipment and medical supplies. Right. Yep. So clearly, they're already in that space already. Just a matter of getting the the permission from for, to be able to do medical supplies because those are sometimes uh, under under cover of the FDA as well. Uh, of course, mail order and retail pharmacy. Right. Yep. That would be incredibly huge. But then there are a couple that I think I, I wasn't quite ready for. It, right. So the next, the third one is pharmacy benefit management. And effectively what this is, is this is them becoming a pharmacy. So not just the fulfillment of it. Right. But actually a benefit manager. So you would have, you know, instead of having CVS or, or who, who or whomever as the person who's fulfilling, fill, fulfilling it, it would it would be the network would be Amazon. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that's that's kind of in, intense. And then this next one, this kind of blew my mind a little bit. But telemedicine or in-home healthcare using Echo and Alexa, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yep. That would be pretty wild. And then finally, some AI-powered diagnostics for continuous care, right? Where this would be connecting AI through Amazon and Alexa. I would imagine sensors for people who are in di- in different c- conditions. You know, rather so rather than have people go to the hospital when they have these serious conditions, they would be able to be outfitted with monitors in their home. Uh, and of course, I know this from personal experience with my dad. You know, what ultimately killed him was the fact that he he was g- going back and forth to the hospital and constantly getting infections when he was in the hospital. Right. 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 No. Uh, so this this would potentially enable people to live longer simply because it would reduce the number of aatrogenic uh, illnesses that are caused by you know centralizing where the diseases are, like at the hospital. <laughs> at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Ed, because I had something in my stack again. It was from the Economist. I think it was from last month, and they talked about all of that, uh, the mm-hmm. Berkshire Hathaway and, and Amazon and how they're going to reshape. Healthcare and and Amazon already is you know getting licenses in all states to become a pharmacy, and yeah, uh, the next logical step is to take over like hospitals dispensing drugs. You know, to be to be the back office, you know, mm-hmm. for some of these larger medical entities. So it it makes complete sense. So I, I I think we're on the cusp of some great innovations in healthcare, and boy, if there's one sector that needs it, <laughs> it's healthcare. No kidding, and going right around the whole healthcare law, right? Yeah. Just like just, just boom, let's just let's just plow right past that. Like just forget about it, and let's out innovate government, which is the Absolutely. best thing that we can possibly do. Absolutely, that's what gives me hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. All right, what well, do you got, Ron? I got two uh, two real quick ones. One's just a bummer. The the Russians blew it. They ruined our record. Uh, the the Sarativ Ser- uh, Airlines flight 6W70. No, no. Soon after takeoff, and uh, it killed all 71 on board. So it was a commercial airline. Uh, it ruins our 2017 zero deaths from commercial passengers. Um, you know, and it's the first fatal crash since November of 2016. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a bummer. Uh, just and just because I had reported we had zero fatalities in 2017, right. I wanted to follow up on that. The other thing is, Ed, I'm sorry, but I still can't afford to move to Texas. There's a great <laughs> article in in the fee one of the fee articles. So many people are fleeing the San Francisco Bay Area. It's hard to find a U-Haul. 
This is by Mark Perry. He's an economics teacher at, I think, Michigan, uh, from February 14, 2018. Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area is the number one region in the country for out-migration. People are headed to Sacramento, which I found interesting because that's our capital here. But then Austin and Portland, the reason, the high cost of housing. And not just for, like, service workers and, uh, you know, but for highly skilled professionals. And I know this from personal experience because my cousin, who's, who's a high-tech worker, he, he's, he has a problem, you know, affording a house down in the Bay Area. It's expensive. And there's mm-hmm. not a lot of inventory. And we're talking about, you know, over a million dollars. And you're talking about a house built in the 40s, like 1,200 square feet. I mean, you know, it's just kind of amazing. Anyway, there's a Santa, San Jose U-Haul operator whose biggest problem in his life is getting his vans back. <laughs> so, <laughs> according to Redfin, which I guess is a real estate app, is that right? Um, nationwide, the cities with the biggest inflow are Phoenix, Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Nashville. And that it cost you $1,990 to rent a U-Haul from San Jose to Las Vegas and 121 bucks the other way. San wow. Jose to Phoenix is $1,300. Phoenix to San Jose, 121 <laughs> San Jose to Portland, $2,938. And Portland to San Jose is 402 And then just one more. San Jose to Austin, 4320 and a grand coming back to San Jose. Holy cow. So that's anywhere from, from 4% more to 19 or 20 percent i mean 19 times more well yeah from a hundred dollars up to a thousand dollars uh to, okay. to, to so make the return trip 10 times more to yeah uh, so it's still it's still really expensive to get out of california is the point yeah so. take that cost accountants <laughs> <laughs> now this is no this is dynamic pricing demand based dynamic pricing at its best no kidding no kidding but cost accounting can't explain it that's my point <laughs> all right oh, well that's all i got no okay all right well i got a quick one and this is this is from our longtime listener and this this created quite a buzz on facebook when i posted this so we'll, we'll be sure to post it on the Soul of Enterprise site as well, but uh, and, and Ronnie, we, we we even talked a little bit about this, but but uh, thanks to Hector uh, Garcia, they the we could, we now know um, what Facebook thinks of you in terms of your politics. Oh right, and, yes, right. So you go out, you go out to your set settings, then ads, then your information, then your categories, and then U.S. politics, and then they have five labels that they'll stick on you, uh, one through five: very liberal, liberal, moderate, conservative, very conservative. I was very upset by this because what this shows is that Facebook not only is I don't mind them so much sneaking around what I'm posting because they know what I'm posting, but the fact that they they have completely given themselves over to the 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 false uh, left right paradigm, right? Right. It, it, yeah, that surprised me too because that's why I asked you when when we talked the first time after I heard about this, you know, whether it label you because I thought there'd be clearly a category for libertarian. You know, even Green Party. I mean, I don't expect them to do all, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the different good constitutionalists and all that. But I mean, you know, it's it's not like the Libertarian Party is insignificant. Well, and it's it, and my big problem, of course, is that it, it, it doesn't doesn't measure the right thing because the, you know the, I, I don't I don't think the the, the left right is a very good description. There's another dimension. 
sure. right? The the state statism, anti-statism, um, and there's 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 two sides of that. Of course, that's the very the very famous Nolan quiz, or what's known as the world's smallest political quiz, uh, that you can see that second dimension where it's pretty clear uh, where people are. So, um, but anyway, I thought that was really cool. You can delete them, by the way. You can go in and delete. Uh, your label so that if you don't want it, which I did not, I was labeled as a conservative. So I, I said, I, we got to get remove, remove that, that stuff from mine. I don't want that. I don't want to be tagged that way. That would be bad. Right. <laughs> so I, I haven't even looked because quite frankly, I don't care what Facebook thinks I am. Yeah, uh, there you go. Well, that's true. <laughs> here, here's another shout out to our buddy Hector. He sent us this as well. This is the AI versus lawyers. It's from law geeks, uh, G E E X. Mm-hmm. And it, Participants were given four hours to identify and highlight 30 proposed legal issues and five standard NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. The Law Geeks neural network algorithm achieved an average 94% accuracy rate. The human lawyers was 85%. It took the humans anywhere from 51 minutes to two and a half hours to complete all five NDAs. The AI engine, Ed, finished in 26 seconds. So here's... What took it so long? (laughs) Here's here's my question. We have an ethical and moral dilemma here. Does the AI algorithm round up to the nearest hour on its time sheet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yeah, for 26 seconds. Um... (laughs) That is just unbelievable. That's terrible. That's terrible. If anybody well, thinks good. It's AI Watson, you know Watson's baby brother Ross, that works in the legal sector. If any, if anybody thinks that this isn't going to bust the 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 billable hour paradigm, they're crazy. And the, these entities are not going to be charging out by the hour for this for this uh, new technology. This can't be done. It's not sustainable. No way. No way. No how. Oh man! All right, Ron, we're up against our next break. How about after the break, we do so we do some read some reviews from from iTunes. We got three of them, so we're pretty excited about that. Okay. Uh, all right. So when we come back, iTunes reviews from those of you who uh, were kind enough to submit them. If you haven't, please go out and do so. I to go out to the Soul of Enterprise uh, slash iTunes. That'll take you directly to our iTunes link. Please give us a at least a rating, but if you wouldn't mind a couple sentence review, we would love that as well. And also remind you the soul, the website, the soul of enterprise show notes, uh, and also previews to upcoming shows, ask TSOE at verisage.com, the way to get a hold of us. But right now, a word from our sponsor, Abacus next. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Results CRM, the award-winning Abacus Next product, is a customer relationship management solution that will automate your business processes, streamline workflows, and deliver consistent results. Cloud-enabled to provide access to your users anytime from anywhere. Grow your business in 2018 with the number one QuickBooks CRM. To learn more about Results CRM, visit ResultsCRM.com. 
clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Solemn Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, Ron, we're back, and as I mentioned before the break, we have a huge uh, plethora of of reviews coming in on iTunes, which we are just completely thrilled with. So I'm going to do a couple of them, and then we'll save one more for the end of the show and let you handle that one. Um, First one from um, M. Lubby78, Modern Sales Training which I think is interesting, Ron, using the term uh, sales training for us. This podcast has been a great way to continue to drip the ideas and methods of value pricing into my daily work habits. Uh, I run an e-commerce software agency, and my business partner, uh, our director of sales, and I share the sales and development workload. Many episodes of this podcast have been shared between the three of us as we continue to work hard to develop our skills as pricers within the value pricing model. We're about three years in and getting better with every customer. I also appreciate Free Rider Friday segments. Woo, a shout out for Free Rider, Ron. <laughs> Love on. it. Uh, they're a refreshing ba- break from the deep value concepts and also from excellent anecdotes from the present. Keep it up, guys. Great stuff. Well, thank you, M. Lubby78. Yes, really appreciate that. This next one is a little bit uh, shorter, Ron. So this is from uh, TLM Space WM. Uh, so that's uh, Tillamum. Whatever that is, <laughs> but uh, he said, "Yeah, it's true. That's, yeah, great content, uh, entertaining delivery. These guys have great practical insights. Refreshing. They do it with humility, humor, and uh, practical experience. I've even applied it to my own business because what I, what and how they explain it was easy to digest. Another great podcast. Thanks again. We are really humbled and honored by this. Thank you so much for posting those reviews and keep them coming." Please share the show with with others. We uh, we really appreciate it sincerely. Thanks so much. That's awesome. All right, I think you're up, Ed. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, let's do a rest in peace, Ron. We usually save this for the end of the year, but let's let's do a little quick rest in peace to uh, Stephen Hawking. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wonderful, incredible mind, and you know, talk about perseverance under the harshest of conditions. I, I, it continues to amaze me his um, the amount of output that he was able to do by basically just moving his eyes, yeah. uh, which near for the for the for the you know near the end of his life and for a lot of it, that was the only thing that he could possibly move. Uh, so incredible output from that. Um, 
That said, you know, he he was a little bit of a Luddite in terms of technology. He he uh, it was very concerned with this whole notion of, you know, technology taking over. Uh, he 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 was asked that if you know he said if he, if machines produce everything we need the outcome will depend on how things are distributed. Everyone can enjoy a luxurious life if the machines machines produce wealth is shared, or most people can end up with, with miserably poor if the machine owners successfully lobby against wealth distribution. Right. So far, the trends to, to trend seems toward the second option with technology driving ever increasing inequality. Uh, you know, it, here's here's the thing. This is just a, an, a good example of an expert in one area not understanding how things work in another area. <laughs> in another and area. just because just because you're a brilliant physicist does not necessarily <laughs> make you a brilliant economist. <laughs> right. Even brilliant economists sometimes going out of their area are not very brilliant. So, no, um, exactly. yeah, a, a couple things add to that he thinks we also need to colonize somewhere else kind of like what elon musk does because you know we could hit be hit by a meteorite or we could you Mm -hmm. know burn up global warming or something and i i I find that um i don't know i find that hard to believe i don't find that very compelling at all but other than that i will say this i i admire the guy uh just because of his quest for knowledge never ended his curiosity is constantly seeking answers to the big difficult questions and, you know, I don't think scientists have any more answers than anybody else, um, but I just admire the quest for that. And the other thing I'll say about him, because I am kind of a fan of the Big Bang Theory, is he did appear on the Big Bang Theory, and he has a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, they really did some, there's some funny scenes with him, and he's like, wow, he really did that? <laughs> yeah. So Appeared on Star good. Trek, too. Yeah, oh, did he? Okay, yep. Okay, yeah, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, Ed, I got one in my stack on Amazon, and of course, you know, a lot of scuttlebutt about their second headquarters, right? Where's their mm-hmm. Where's their second headquarters going to be? They They uh, considered 240 cities and slash regions, you know, kind of bid for this, and they've narrowed it down to 20, including Toronto, by the way, which I find interesting. So, whoever lands this second headquarters. Um, stands to gain 50,000 new employees uh, with Amazon making investments of roughly $5 billion over 15 years. Um, the Supposedly, the rumor is the three top uh, finalists out of the 20 are in the Washington, D.C. area. So they've got the Washington, D.C. city. They've got Northern Virginia, which is uh, kind of close to the Dulles Airport, and Montgomery County, Maryland are kind of those three that, you know, the rumor mill has been buzzing about this. They're going to pick one of these. Jeff Bezos obviously already owns a home in D.C. and he owns the Washington Post. So <laughs> that, that would kind of make sense. And, and the other thing is Amazon Web Services, AWS, already is homed in Herndon, Virginia, which is right outside of the Dulles Airport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's the second biggest location in terms of Amazon employees. And, of course, they have a lot of prominent government clients, right, like the CIA mm-hmm. and, and others. And government, and you probably know this, government spends 5% of the $1.6 trillion that's spent on technology every year. Government's 5% of that. I, I would have thought it would have been more. But um, anyway, um, so here's the interesting thing. 
The Economist is saying that the regulatory threat on Amazon is is getting larger, right? I mean, Trump keeps kind of nailing them on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. wrongly, I think. But um, but as Amazon moves into financial, home security, logistics, and like you were saying before, healthcare, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? They 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 stand to be regulated more, uh, and they're already beefing up their lobbying and having 50,000 employees and their children attending the same country clubs and schools as government officials is a pretty shrewd strategy. <laughs> if, if you're under threat to be regulated, you know, so this yep. kind of is why they think that this one of these three areas in Washington is, is going to get this uh, headquarter building. But here's another, here's another angle on it. Having two headquarters makes a split of AWS from Amazon retail a lot easier if the Justice Department ever breaks them up because of antitrust. Mm. So True. That's, yep. that's intriguing. Yep. That's, so, that's probably, that's, so it's, it's, it probably is clearly in the risk assessment, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that, I, I mean, the taxes here are no, <laughs> are no, unless they're getting concessions, you know, from these three areas, because these are pretty high tax areas, right? Maryland yeah. and Virginia and yep. all that. But um, uh, I think there's other things going on. Uh, and, and certainly, unfortunately, the government plays a big role. Yeah, could well be. Could well be. Yeah. Interesting. So. All right. Uh, got a quick one, Ron. So right. this is a, an, an economist's in response to the uh, administration um, wanting to propose these steel protectionisms, right, yes. against against China, right? Uh, our economist said this. Uh, he said, number one, it's very dubious that it's true, but suppose that it were, right? This is in talking about uh, the, the subsidizing of the steel producers, yep. right? And it would be a very foolish thing for them to do on their own part, but why should we object to them giving us foreign aid? Right. <laughs> After all. We've given them quite a bit. And the whole notion here is that if they're subsidizing their own steel production, that the people who are paying for this are themselves. And by the way, this, and I'm sure you know this because you've heard this quote, is actually Milton Friedman uh, back in 1978 uh, refuting the steel tariffs as they were proposed back in 1978. I wish we could, you know, the whole infant industry argument, um, you know, was kind of, you know, it was used for the steel industry for the longest time going way back. It's like this, this, this industry's hacking and wheezing old man. If, if tariffs would have saved it, it should have happened decades ago for crying out loud. Yep. I, I just can't believe that we're looking at an industry that employs 140,000 people. And yet there's 5 million jobs impacted by uh, employees of companies that use steel. How is a mm-hmm. 25% increase in one of their input costs going to help them? Just it's just it's a zero sum game of the zero sum view of the world. It just drives us crazy. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely, and just keep keeps going and keeps getting work uh, work on this. Um, uh, so th- by the way, one of the the people who was mentioned in this 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 article, which came from Fee, is uh, Don- Donald Boudreau, who is going to be one of the guests that is going to be coming up on the Soul of Enterprise. So we're thrilled thrilled to have uh, Professor Boudreau on. What a what a great yeah. guest he's going to be. Yeah, and he's an expert in global trade. Well, that I got, I got to put file this one in the um, yeah, <laughs> file this one in the non politically correct stack. But I love it. So, who said the following, Ed? I'll just I'll give you okay. some hints. Okay. G.K. G.K. <laughs> Chesterton, John uh-huh. Wayne, 
or Jordan Peterson, who's the scholar up in Canada that's gotten, I don't know, oh, right, right. million YouTube hits. He's been on Econ Talk a couple of times. He wrote the book 12 Rules for Life, which I'm currently reading, by the way. But anyway, uh, here's the quote. We need bullies. Pressure makes diamonds, not hugs. Hug a piece <laughs> of coal and see what you get. You get a dirty shirt. <laughs> Who do you think said that? Oh, gosh. All right, uh, G.K. Chesterton. Yeah, you would think because he's, he'd be the most, or John Wayne. No, it's actually Chris Rock. And oh, it's Chris from his Rock, new, okay. It's from his new Netflix special, Tambourine. I guess it's mm-hmm. only available on net on Netflix. But Ed, and I read a review on this on National Review by Kyle Smith, who's kind of their editor, uh, their reviewer at large. And, you know, he says that this is actually a pretty profound special. He talks about responsibility, marriage, um, you know, not being addicted to porn. He, he tells the story about how he was and how it affected his life. But he also said this, just as a follow-up to that quote, he said, you know, <laughs> that's why there's so many fat kids in school right now, because there's nobody to take their lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> So we, he's saying oh, we need boys, right? So totally politically incorrect, but, you know, just like Jordan Peterson, and I can tell you, Jordan Peterson's the same way. You know, life is hard, it's suffering, and you've got to take responsibility. Um, and and it, this sounds like a great special, so I'm really interested in, in getting a hold of this. I'm going to have to take some time on Netflix to uh, to watch Tambourine with Chris Rock. It sounds like it's really good. Yep. Well, I'm just going to make a quick mention. This is something that's been in my stack since January. Not going to, and I'll, I'll just post this as part of the articles that that we have. Uh, again, this is Robin uh, Cornout. Uh, corner uh, at uh, fee, and this is the cure for toxic masculinity is real masculinity. Great, great article on this whole subject, and how this notion of look, hey, you know, the 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 biggest thing that we can do to help with the the Me Too movement is for 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 real men to be real men, not not right. be men. <laughs> toxic masculinity is not exactly. some oxymoron for sure. Well, uh, this has been great. This is just flying by as usual on Free Rider Fridays. And folks, I'd like to remind you, contact Ed or myself. Send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Keep the iTunes reviews coming. We love those. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. 
Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're doing Free Rider Friday for March. And, uh, Ed, a shout-out to our mutual friend, Greg LaFollette. We just spent some time with uh, last month in Indianapolis at the Thought Leader Symposium. And he gave us a, a review, five stars. Um, thank you, Greg, so much. This uh, He said, this review is way, way past due. In the interest of full disclosure, I must first tell you that Ron and Ed are both longtime friends of mine, so there's that. But friendship aside, I will tell you that I consume a lot of information via podcast, and my subscriptions often outstrip my available time to listen. When that happens, something has to give. Here's the essence of my review, he writes. When something has to give, it is never, never TSOE. I may may get behind a week or two occasionally, but I always listen to every episode. These guys are smart, witty, have amazing domain knowledge, and are genuinely interested in improving the human condition. Well, at least the professional services part of the human condition. (laughs) Whether it's emerging technology, value creation, pricing, the dreaded billable hour, or some fascinating tangent the show is always entertaining and enlightening note except when ed talks baseball then it's lights out for the rest of that episode (laughs) i've kept them off of it greg and this is this is right after opening day keep up the great work gentlemen you are deeply appreciated thank you so much greg that's quite humbling and thank you everybody who who's written us reviews there uh they mean a lot to us uh not just to get better ratings and better guests but they mean a lot to me and ed personally as well because they Yep. Um, this is why we absolutely. Oh. So thanks, GLL. And just note the uh, Mets are one and zero. They did win yesterday. They did win yesterday. Yeah. Noah Noah Syndergaard ten strikeouts in, in five innings pitched. He did give up some runs and uh, and a couple of pair of home runs. But but overall, good start to the season. And I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Greg has already hit the stop button. And, and yes, and you, and you got to go to an opening day in Texas, right? You in Texas, like, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah it's a double. That's a, that's a nice thing now. I have an American League team and a National League team. Yeah, so. that's pretty cool. All right, Ed. Well, listen, yeah. Hollywood's got a new matinee idol. Oh, good. Karl Marx. Oh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but the Haitian filmmaker, Ralu Peck, has done the young Karl Marx. Now it's been out for a while. It's been in my stack since February. Uh, August Deal plays the young Karl Marx. Stefan, what is it? Konarski plays Ingalls. Okay. Um, this movie, as as Kyle Smith writes in National Review, and again he is their he is their kind of critic at large. Um, he says it's a crashing dud. So I went and looked at Rotten Tomatoes. It's got five point nine out of a ten. 
The critics' mm-hmm. consensus is the young Karl Marx makes a valiant attempt to make the philosophical cinematic, but lacks sufficient depth to tackle its complex themes. And what Kyle Smith said was, <laughs> no one wants to watch a movie about a nerd scratching away at his desk. He said, Marx did fight for power. I mean, he did, he did fight the powerful. He was forced out of three countries. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's more that you can you can say for a lot of protesters today. You know, they claim they'll right, make right. Oh, yeah. They don't. But at least, you know, Marx did get kicked out of countries. Um, but I just watched the trailer to this movie. It shows him visiting a factory. And of course, there's child labor. Um, Karl Marx never set foot in a factory. <laughs> his entire life. I mean, Engels' father owned a factory, and Engels worked in it, but Marx never visited it. He, he knew nothing about how the common man lived. Um, Smith goes on to write, he may have dreamed up a party, but he wasn't exactly the life of it. <laughs> he said, quoting Marx puts an audience in a state of enjoyment approximating winter in Leningrad. Um, <laughs> he, calls, he calls Engels a limousine liberal before limousines. Uh, and he said, few will walk away from this movie with a deeper understanding of Marxism or communism. And I, and I kind of thought, yeah, it's kind of like sort of reading Marx's books. Yeah. Now, <laughs> same, now. Same nebulous feeling about what's he talking about? <laughs> because he never really yeah. drew the end picture. But yep. anyway, just yep. thought that was really interesting. Go watch the three-minute trailer on Rotten Tomatoes. You'll get a sense for it. I, I do have to say, they did a pretty nice job with the scenery from the 1800s, recreating <laughs> all of that. But boy, in terms of everything else, it's like, oh, please, give me a That's, break. All right. Now, can't say as I'm all that surprised, Ron, but hey, uh, you know, I, I want to, I'm sorry to just plow ahead, but I want to get one more in here and let's talk a little bit about autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars. Uh, obviously, the, 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 the tragic death of, of uh, a woman who was cut in front of a car, she was completely found to be at fault. Uh, and but what's bizarre to me, though, is that this, the, 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 the folks in government have decided that they got to shut it down, Right. As if 300 and something plus people didn't die in auto accidents at the hands of their fellow human beings that day. I know. And I, I just can't wrap my mind around what the thought process is on that. It, it just makes me crazy. So a really great, great, great article in, in Bloomberg from the, the couple, couple days ago on the regulators are asleep at the wheel on, on self-driving cars and what it is that they need to do to be able to, to fix this, which is basically, you know, distill it down for you, spoiler alert, leave them the hell alone. I know it's so frustrating, Ed, because I've got a, I've got a story here in my stack from February 26th, and, and the day before, um, the California State uh, Department of Motor Vehicles had given the green light to manufacturers and technology companies testing motor vehicle autonomous vehicles with no human driver with what they call without a natural person and even no steering wheels or pedals of any kind now there has to be a remote presence right somebody has to be watching it from somewhere but they were really saying that you know this um this was a big step forward in terms of um laying off the regulation now they do make them have a black box like an airplane and they do make them file what's called uh what do they call these things um disengagement reports uh have to be submitted every year which is basically 
you know, how, how many times do the human have, have to step in, right? And yep. um, they, they have some interesting statistics. Waymo, for example, has uh, once every 5,596 miles. Mm-hmm. GM is once every 1,254 miles. So <clears throat> these things are getting safer as they go. And, boy, it, did, did the Bloomberg article talk about did California shut this down as well? I uh, don't think so. It was t- talked mostly about the, the, you know, the federal law that's been posted, but proposed by South Dakota Senator uh, John Thune, right? Right, um, and and you know what's the, you know wh- why they think we can legislate this from on high from somebody in Washington is just it just is completely beyond me, right? Uh, but it did mention the the Waymo's stuff. Uh, they say fifty six hundred miles. I rounded up to the nearest hundred right, miles right. there, right? Yeah. But but you know hey look it and you know but there are there are critics that are calling for, to to slow this down or abolish public testing altogether. Which is just just nonsense. I mean, th- this is this technology is going to save more lives uh, in the in the next ten years than uh, um, the than the FDA. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, California now have have allowed this in 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 these various stages and. You know, maybe this can be a state's rights issue at the end of the day as more and more states allow these tests. But they, they've got to continue. This has got to, they've got to let this go. It's a clear clear example of permissionless in, innovation. Yep. No, absolutely. So, absolutely. And, and, yeah, I didn't know this, but there's 50 companies testing these cars in California. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Keep them going. Let's keep absolutely. the test going. So I, I can't believe how this flew by, Ed, but what is on store for next week? Next week, Ron, we are going to talk a little project management. We're going to talk about how your customer defines quality, not you. Fantastic. That is such a counterintuitive observation. I can't wait. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please do visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.